everyone, Elodie here and welcome to this new episode of the Pint of Science podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to have the two founders at my microphone, Pravin Paul and Mikhail Motskin. Hi, Pravin. Hello. Hi, Misha. Hello, Elodie. This episode is a little bit special because we are approaching the 10th edition of the festival and we wanted to feature the people behind the organization. And obviously, we're starting with the people that are the origin of everything. Of everything. <laughs> yeah, of everything. <laughs> Life, the universe and everything. <laughs> exactly. Well, everything, pint of science, let's say. Uh, before we talk about the festival, Pravin, Misha, how do you know each other? Yes, it's a good question. I'm, I'm interested to actually to hear Misha's recollection of us meeting. So actually, I remember it very distinctly, meeting Misha the first time. We were both postdocs working at Imperial College, mm -hmm. and I had to go and use a cell culture room, basically a small lab, and there's like a booking system where mm -hmm. whoever's using the room writes their name. And I went along and I looked on the little sheet and it said, like, Michael, and I thought, who's, who's Michael? Who's this Michael person? And I opened the door and he was there. I said, hello. Um, that's how we first met. <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. Well, I, what, what I remember from Proven is basically the most organized um, <laughs> lab member there that all her sort of uh, stacks of pipettes and uh, pipette tips were like super organized. And I always was afraid to piss her off because like every, everything you do is wrong unless it's by her organization. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think also when we um, started talking about ideas of doing things, like we didn't know each other at all. So we were not, I wouldn't say we were friends. We'd only known each other for a very short time. And then we started chatting about these events. Pravin is pretty scary. I'm not scary. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not scary at all. No. no, you're not. It's it's a perfect transition. So basically, you were not you were not friends. You were lab mates. And how did you have the idea of Pint of Sense? What happened? So you said you were starting to chat about the events. I'll let uh, Misha go for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's actually all started. I was doing a course about. Um, sort of like to create a project. And mm -hmm. uh, the project was like, I thought like, I thought about a project to bring um, basically patients to the lab to meet the scientists that work on their disease. Mm -hmm. So we were like working on uh, Parkinson, on stroke, on ALS. And we, we, we're just thinking about how we can bring patients that have the disease to meet the scientists that work on it, because usually scientists are quite sadly don't meet the patients that they're working yeah. for to treat their disease. And, um, and I had this idea and I remember I managed to convince all the sort of other lab heads to join the program. And then I talked to Praveen about it and she was like, I wouldn't say enthusiastic because uh, <laughs> Praveen is very realistic and, and she's just so like, what, what would be like the problems? But she also like grounded me very, very much with, the idea because I was thinking about like hundreds of people coming to the lab and she's like, you can't have to have hundreds of people over here. And it was very true. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it was really grounding for, for, for the project. And then I think then like shortly after the spark happened and that's Aww. suddenly province of the, the opportunity there. And, um, and then it just started to work really well together. So this project worked really well. And this is how you decided to start Pint of Science. Yeah, I think so. We first started by inviting people into our lab to see mm. what we do as scientists. And 
as Major said, it was, it was really eye-opening for us as scientists because we spent most of our time looking down on microscope and not actually meeting people. And we had about 100 people come and visit our labs. And we just thought, well, people are interested to come in to see us in our labs, in our natural environment. Why don't we take this out to more people? I think at the time, Misha was going to a lot of festivals and gigs. Yeah. And uh, I think he liked the idea of you can choose kind of which stage to go to, to go and watch your favourite band. And we thought it'd be really cool if you can go and find your favourite type of science, whether you're interested in black holes or psychology, how the brain works, how your body works, and go somewhere and go and hear about that and actually choose to listen to something that you're interested in listening to and to learn and to question it as well. Yeah, because that's the unique thing about Pint of Science, isn't it? It's not the science in bars because it's, it's been around. Actually, I've made a report when I was in high school about a cafe that was the first cafe in Europe. And this is where all the philosophers were actually going to chat about, you know, philosophy, science, whatever at that time. So it's been around forever, but that's the way of doing it that is different. It's the way of like a festival, overwhelming numbers of events everywhere, and then you have to decide which one you're going to go. Like exactly. And we condensed everything down to three days. So instead of doing kind of like a, because even when Misha uh, came up with the idea, I was like, why, why are we doing everything over three <laughs> days? Why don't we just do it like once a month then, yeah, and people could come? He said, no, no, it'd be really, and actually, to be fair, we didn't really understand why it needs to be three days. But I think after we'd gone through the first one, we thought actually, it really creates like a buzz and it kind of makes it more accessible. Like people who might not think that science is for them, not interested mm. or, you know, or think, oh, it's part of science. I will go because everyone else is doing it. Um, so let's join in. But obviously when we started small, we didn't intend to start a regular science festival and we never knew it would grow. It, it was just a, an idea between friends and we had no experience in doing events, nothing, a very steep learning curve. We just kind of learned as we went along the first one was a complete mess we managed to get through it we muddled our way through it <laughs> yes and you were there on our first one i well. remember yeah. and yeah i wanted to ask you how did you start practically because it started <laughs> pra practically or unpractically maybe um because i i joined actually <laughs> fun story i joined on the valentine's day 2013 and you started end of 2012 it seems so how did you start practically like did you recruit friends around did you manage to well, you know, what were the first steps of Pint of Science? Because you had the idea, you were like, we're going to do that. It's going to be super cool. What do we do now? Yeah, yeah. just get, get people involved. Yeah, so I think that in the beginning, it was um, it was quite challenging because, first of all, everybody knew about scientists going to the pub and explaining their, their research. But the whole idea of creating a festival out of it was a bit difficult, and especially if it was in multiple cities, how are we going to organize it? So the first thing was like to create a structure. And I remember just working on this Excel sheet, trying to create this really complex graph. <laughs> and I still have it somewhere. It's called a flower organization, how yeah. every part of the flower is um, creating, is part of the communities. Like there's no part of it that is more important than the other. There's no hierarchy. Um, and, and the idea was to create a community of scientists that they drive it. For each university that was involved, we were recruiting like a coordinator. And that's, yeah. I think that's really nice to, to tell the story how, how you got involved, <laughs> which I find very funny until this day, is that we had a coordinator for, for each university. And for, for some reason, the UCL coordinator 
decided to to drop out after like yeah. a month of being involved and there was obviously there was quite a lot of a mess when around we didn't have any documents and guidelines we're just making up stuff as we go and then somehow i don't even remember how i got your your number through connections of connections and i got I an email did. actually i got an email on my lab mailing list on the valentine's day so 14th of february saying pint of science is been created and they are looking for volunteers and then uh, it was your number and i called directly when i saw it so this is how I... <laughs> ah fantastic I, I didn't even remember that and um because i was spamming anyone <laughs> anyone that i had i was spamming just to, to get more contact and i remember the phone call with you i was just like explaining the festival and all yeah. you said is like yes yeah okay no problem yes <laughs> yes and i was and we hanged up and i was thinking Oh my God, is is that gonna work? And, and I think it was a week or two weeks after that we uh, we had like the the coordinators meeting, and I think that was the first one. <laughs> yes. That everybody came to um, sort of this um, meeting room near near my house, and yep. um, <laughs> and I remember you coming with like a cowboy hat and boots, ready for a party, and you were twenty minutes late, and I was thinking. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> it's gonna work. And, and, and I have to say, like, yeah, it, it was so amazing how this sort of um, opportunity turned, like, you know, now you're the international director and basically the heart of Pine of Science. So, um, yeah, it, it, a lot of random things like that happen. And a lot of it is uh, because of you. Oh, thank you. Well, Previn is the heart. I'm just like assisting the heart. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, the heart. I remember the, the crazy... Yeah, I had the party after that and I was dressed up for the crazy party. Oh, and, and okay, that's the why, party afterwards. Yeah, uh, no, that's why no, okay. I, I wasn't sense. coming to the meeting in cowboy hats and big boots just for the meeting. <laughs> I had a party after. And you know, in London, it's like normal. You just dress up for your party after and you carry on your life, you know, with like your fancy outfit. Uh, but yeah, I remember I just like I took notes and I was like yeah yeah they want me to do that no problem no problem and I remember the first year it was so so like we were so you know we were running around I remember the, the first day of the festival I was distributing all the goodies running around like you know London with glasses and bags and stuff <laughs> you know it was so like so last minute but it was it was really amazing so you reached out to people um the first edition was in three cities right it was cambridge oxford london yeah yeah with uh five universities involved ucl imperial kings cambridge and oxford yeah. um and i think it, it's important to to mention that i think we're talking a, a lot about science communication and how sort of scientists presenting the work to the public. But I think what was unique and opportunity for people like us and uh, that joined Pine of Science is that a lot of us got a lot out of it because we, mm. we had this opportunity to work in the lab on our research. We wrote papers, we did experiments, and we wanted to be involved in, uh, to get involved with science communication. but. There's sometimes you need to fill up a form here with uh, with different departments, and, and you felt like there are opportunities, but I want to create something of my own, mm-hmm. and I think that that was part of like the beauty of it. Yeah, I think that's the the key thing. I think with plant science, even today, there are kind of two branches to it. One is getting all that information out there to the public for the public to meet scientists directly, but 
equally important is to give scientists, researchers a chance and confidence to maybe learn skills in organizing, in presenting and doing something different and just providing that platform where they can say, you know what, I fancy maybe having like a rap artist during my event. Yep, go for it. So the freedom is very much given to the organizers to develop what they would like to do and how they would like to see it. And we provide the platform to enable them to do that. I think that's that's really important for us to do that. Yeah, and if I can add on that, like for me, what really excites me now is when I see people in Pine of Science that took a learning from Pine of Science and applied it to their career. If it's um, so, for me, for example, I, I'm I'm terrified of public speaking, so I'm I'm not a good public speaker. I can do it if I'm practice to death, but but I really like organizing and coordinating. So that gave me the opportunity. And during Pan of Science, I sort of discovered that I'm really into branding and marketing, which that's what I do today in Genomics England. Yeah. So I think that's lots of people like me discovered other ways to communicate science rather not just present, but also there's so many other roles in Pan of Science. Yeah. Exactly. There are so many skills. I think the same for me as well. I think Misha and I have very different skill sets, which is good because it then complements each other. Uh, Misha is a great, great networker. I think he knows like everybody. <laughs> you'll know somebody who could do something or you'll know the right person and to kind of plug you in. And um, I love, well, it's just kind of the organisational aspect of it is kind of the key thing about what I do. And I enjoy doing and kind of learning the skills that I like to use and not use, I think was, you know, point of science, great learning curve for me as well. Um, it's kind of like self-discovery, isn't it? And we want to give out op opportunity to other, everyone else is involved as well. Yeah. And actually for the little anecdote, one of the volunteer in France on the night, it was his first point of science. He was almost crying. You know, I could see the tears on his eyes because he said, Oh my God, people are actually coming to my event. You know, I, I made it, I created it. I picked the bar, I picked the speakers and I decided an activity. And he was like, and there are people I don't know at my event. And he was almost crying because for him, he was like, <laughs> I've made something. People are there, they enjoy. And he was so happy about it. You know, it really touched me because I felt, yes, as you say, both of you, you know, it's science communication. It's nice to have the science communicated to the public but it's also a very cool experience for people organizing it and i think that's why it's spreading like you know crazy because people actually enjoy doing it we're giving them platform guidelines we help them but we also leave them the freedom to do the event their own way so that's yeah. i think that's that's the the very good thing about it after the first one so first one Five universities, three cities, 3,400 people. I don't think it was as, as much as that. I don't think it was that many people. But okay. No, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> really? Okay. No, I think as many registered. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one, uh, but I think about, about 3,000 turned up. But yeah. Yeah, well, uh, something yeah, like yeah, that. I'm thinking back on, back on that. I mean, going from like, we had no idea what we are doing, never organized events, never had like a made a website and we didn't have an email address until February and the events were in May. <laughs> that was just, uh, we were just muddling our way through it. So it's quite impressive that we managed to pull that off. And that's, you know, that goes down to everyone who's involved, just kind of pitching in and putting it all together. Um, yeah. How did you feel after the first one? Well, it was 
complete sort of euphoria. I was like, I just felt, wow, just something amazing happened and I have got something to do with it. Again, like for me, the most exciting thing was the, our community that we yeah. as coordinators, as event managers, the scientists who spoke, everybody was just elated. And it was so nice to, to receive emails and messages and be there on the nights and see that. And yeah, th there were issues and point of science is because of its structure and because people speaking in a pub, it's not like a TED talk that it's all 100% polished. It, it is raw. And that's also some, some of the beauty, like like scientists, like actually you, you're like one meter from, from scientists that maybe never practiced this sort of talk to their audience. So it's much more raw than, yeah. than something like a TED talk. It was re really beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, I think that is the charm of point of science. That is slightly rough around the edges as well. It's not we know. And I think after the first one, I like in my head it was just we're just doing this as, as a one-off, just because we were coming to the end of our contracts. We were a little bit bored. Misha was doing this kind of self-development course, and it kind of fit in nicely. It's like okay, we've done it. And then Misha's like, oh, let's, let's, let's do this again. <laughs> uh, but then we got it. So we like getting emails from people. People like, why is this only in the southeast of England? Why is this, this so-called golden triangle? Why is it not in Scotland? Why is it not in Manchester? I just thought, okay, why, why not? And then yeah. international and, and like, as well. Yeah, exactly. Like like you and uh, starting, like, Asko started in France. And we were like, why not, actually? <laughs> uh, and then there were like Italy and Spain and it was uh, like it was very exciting time I think on a personal level it was also very challenging time because yes. <laughs> yeah I think so yeah yeah we, we were both like muddled through like uh like a festival that we had no idea how to run and suddenly we have to scale it up by five six times bigger um, yeah and and every time we kind of built something or some infrastructure, we then grow massively. It's like, okay, that old infrastructure doesn't work. We need to rethink yeah. it. And I just remember that time is just being all consuming. It's like, I've never worked so hard on something in my entire life. It's just it's so much work goes into, into it, into the background and trying to, trying to keep up with it. You're kind of almost chasing your tail and then you're growing at the same time. And I think, like personally, I think it's quite difficult for both of us because we were not working on other things. Um, we were both unemployed. And then, Misha, you had your twins come along, didn't you, as well? <laughs> yeah, that, that was like uh, quite a bump. I like the word, but um, and yeah. And it's like, why are we doing this? So I think even a good two or three years into it, we're like, we can't keep doing this. It's yeah. just so, so much work. Yeah, I think from a project to sort of organization that was like quite a painful transition because we suddenly had to think about how do we scale it up in a way that we can actually pay salaries to ourselves out of it mm. because like it's a full-time job and it was not possible for like in the first three years and with having twins, it was like... Okay, like at some point yeah. I have to grow up and, and, yeah. and actually get the job. And that was really, really challenging time. And I remember at that time when I think it really started to be just crazy. Like I think we, we, there were like 10 countries, like yep. 20 cities around the UK. 
Yeah, that was 2017. Um, That's when I started international director. Yeah, and, and I had to actually take another job and um, mm. and start working uh, in a digital agency, which I think was also helpful for the organization because I learned how to do it. I would say, like in the in the proper way. Until then, we were sort of guerrilla, like working in guerrilla. I think before 2017 uh, was 2016, and mm. and that was really rough time. And Provin was almost on her own, holding like like holding the phone. Yeah, and I was, and I was not working in, on, on anything either. So it's like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and it is a weird because you do go through a bit of a identity crisis because the info we're working as scientists, you know, you're working on different conditions and you can explain to people mm. what you do. It's like, okay, what do you do now? Then, you yeah. know, can I do this thing that's taking us all my time? Uh, uh, doesn't, you know, I don't get paid for it. It's a large festival, but yeah, very strange time. And it, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a madness. <laughs> it was also very proud moments because, oh, it's still very proud that, mm. like, I remember, um, when I was working on the first website of Pine of Science and I put in the, yeah. um, in, on the homepage of, of the website, the largest festival in the world. And uh, obviously not, nothing happened yet. And people uh, wrote to me back saying, um, it's probably not the largest festival in the world. Um, it's still small. Um, and like it's in three cities, but it's not largest festival in the world, yeah. science festival in the world. And uh, I was like, good point. And I removed it. But then around 2016, 2017, yeah. I think we can confidently say that's pretty, pretty obvious that it's the largest science festival in the world. Yes, it's I definitely big. And actually, this is perfect transition because I had a question about, do you have an anecdote or something that made you realize how big it is now? I think sometimes when I just see it on, so, well, actually, most of the time I forget because I'm kind of so <laughs> yeah, involved into in it. everyday yeah. tasks. Yes, and then when I do step back, I think, whoa, what's going on? Or I see something on social media in somewhere like Costa Rica and I'm like, Oh yeah, what's going on there? And then the, and once you see those images from around the world, and also having met people who have been involved in other countries, that's always very mm. inspirational to see what they get out of it and how much, how much of a difference it's made for them. Um, that is like really inspiring to hear, and you're like, wow, that's, this is amazing. Yeah, I think like what really struck me once was. Um... I think it was like 2018 um, when we were just summarizing the numbers after the festival and from all the countries. I think that mm. it was Brazil that came back and it, they were like, yeah, 60 cities, 50,000 yes. attendees. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we were like, look at it. We were like, wow. I just love it how it's perceived differently in different countries like Brazil being an example. It's like you know, the biggest science festival in Brazil and how the whole community just gets together to, yeah. you know, show off the scientists. And each country's got its own, I don't know, something that they want to show about the science in their country and they've all got different motivations. And that's really interesting mm. to hear and see. Yeah, I, I really love it when, when, like, you go around the street with your Pine of Science t-shirt and people are like, oh, yeah, 
I know that festival. Like, yeah. uh, where did you go? <laughs> I've, yeah, I have quite a few. Usually when I go to an event, so in the past, um, so I'm very much, I think, behind the scenes kind of person. I don't normally, you know, yeah. people don't always know who I am. I remember going to an event. I just went by myself. Uh, uh, first of all, I've, sometimes I've not managed to get into an event. They're like, your name's not on the list. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, just get, get in. Uh, one, event, one event I went to, I mean, I just sat down with a random group of people at a table. We just started chatting, and then one of them turns to me and says, "Oh, have you been to one of these point of science events before?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I've been to a few." And she's like, "All right, what do you think of it?" And I thought, "Oh, this is such a weird conversation. At what point do I say I'm the co-founder?" Well, I never did, but it's just interesting to have that conversation with somebody else. And I've actually, in the beginning, I had my friends recommending point of science to me. Um, they didn't know I was involved, so it was just like, oh, "Have you heard about this? You might like this." Uh, exactly (laughs) that's the best is when someone talks to you about pint of sand saying oh you're gonna like it it's like yeah some days i hate it some days i like it it's like oh you know it already yeah (laughs) i know it so it's for me the fun story the fun anecdote is that uh, my boyfriend was wearing a french pint of sand t-shirt when he was working in hong kong so we are not in hong kong and then he met uh, a woman on the lift that asked him, what is this t-shirt? Where you got this t-shirt? So he started explaining what Pint of Sense is. And she was like, oh, no, no, I know what Pint of Sense is. I've been to in Australia. I love it. But I was wondering where you got that t-shirt. And he came back home. And I think he didn't he didn't realize how big it was until that moment because he said, I was in Hong Kong with a French Pint of Sense t-shirt and someone from Australia came to tell me <laughs> the festival is amazing. It was like, yeah, you're everywhere. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is a pretty cool story. <laughs> so um, we're approaching, yeah, we're approaching the end of this podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and I have two last things. The first one is, what is your wish for the festival? Do you have something like, I, I know it's crazy to ask that because nine years ago, so we would never have thought it would be that big and that like we do right now. Uh, so it's really hard to imagine what's going to happen. But do you have some wish for the festival? Like in every single country of the world. So I, I'm a bit like a Jewish grandma and my wish came true, actually. I think last year, Pravin uh, told me uh, my, my wish was that two people that met in Pine of Science would get yes. married. Yes. <laughs> and they have a baby and we're, we're going we're gonna to try to have them on the podcast as well. Amazing. So that's, I think that was my wish. But I think the wish for the, the future of Pine of Science. Yeah, I would say I would love it to... Um, really continue where, where, where it is, but also like evolve in new avenues. And I think where we, we are like, for example, with the art and science project with creative reactions, mm. we are evolving there and create more and more opportunities for uh, scientists to to explore, to explore science communication. Because I think that's a lot of time it's almost prescribed by a lot of organizations, what you should do to be a good science communicator. Yeah. But I think, Scientists are clever enough to, to sort of try it and explore without prescription what is right. Yeah, I think my wish is just, yeah, that carries on creating opportunities for people, whether it's people who attend or people who are involved in organising, just yeah. to continue to learn about themselves and ways of doing things and hopefully even inspire them to change the way 
they live their lives or the way they do things for anyone who's involved really yeah entering the the community is amazing because even internationally we have people that you know it's always i'm joking about that we are playing that game you know that family game where you're exchanging people you know uh every year it feels like yeah. we're having someone <laughs> leaving france going to uk and then oh yeah someone from singapore is going someplace and everything so it feels really like family yeah yeah i love that aspect of it where people have done pipe sites in one country or one city and then they move they don't know anyone else and yeah. then they seek out their pipe science chapter where they are and make new friends and it's kind of an instant connections that's always lovely to hear yeah, yeah I love the story and we are arriving at the end but I have a last thing that I'm not sure any of you remember but I have a quote from you Misha actually yep <laughs> I hope you're scared <laughs> you said once during I think it was a, a launch event or something and I love that quote uh, because it's exactly what it was when we start Spine to Science and when you start Spine to Science you said people thought we were crazy when we started now they know we are and yeah, no, i remember it it was uh yeah such a special moment it's just like yeah i feel goosebumps now when we're talking about it yeah because like we were crazy and people were like yeah. continuously trying to like especially in the first year telling us Maybe you should go smaller, just yeah. one, two yeah. events, just try it out first. Like, why are you doing this? What's the point? Don't do this. And yeah, we're, we're yeah. up against quite a lot um, in the first couple of years. And, people and think it's not a good idea. Yeah. Two months later, people were calling us and saying, um, may I speak to, uh, is this the Pine Science <laughs> office? <Yeah>. And <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's just me and Praveen <laughs> here. Uh, that's, that's the Pine Science oh, office. Yeah. I still get phone calls like, can you pass this on to your yeah, finance department? That's like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, wait, me. you know, you're like, wait, and then you change your voice. Hello, finance department. Uh, so, yeah, no, I just wanted to finish this episode on that quote because I really loved it. And I think it really captures how it is from the start and how it was and how it still is, like completely crazy story. And that uh, it actually works. And it's actually a very good feeling to have it work like that. And I also want to if I may, to also add, like, I think now I'm, I'm sort of step back and you and uh, Praveen running Pine of Science and I think, um, yeah, like I said, Elodie, you, you, you're the heart of Pine of Science, spreading it internationally and spreading the spirit and just embodying Pine of Science. And Praveen is just such an amazing force that holding the fort together and being, like, really the all the brain and neurons that sort of drive pine of science forward. So I really, really acknowledge you for like making it what oh, it you're is. You're gonna make me cry. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, thank Fine. you. I think it's all about Misha's insane ideas. I don't need to describe it as insane because just as I said, our personality is so different. It's like, let's do this yeah. idea, let's do this idea. I'm like, oh my God. But uh it was kind of just going along with it as well. I think it's quite liberating for me on some level. It's like, okay, let's see how far we could do that. And for me to have that kind of initial vision to try something that's never been done, that was really important and to give us the confidence. And I think we all carried each other through uh, it. Congrats. That's an amazing thing you've started and it's still going on. And I hope it's going to go on for a very long time. Thank you for sharing everything with us. And I hope people enjoyed and we will be back soon with more stories 
Bye. Thank you. Thank you.